Hello and welcome back to Speedrun, the fast talking video game podcast. Whoa. It's a podcast. We are a podcast. We are keeping wow. that in. We, okay. This is our, our second time through on this episode. <laughs> yes, it is. Because despite having an audio degree, Audacity decided, I want to work today. To which, you know, I can totally respect it. I am Jazzy. I am Jamie. Joining us is Tark's Gauntlet. Once again, the weird side of the podcast. That's also yeah. me. What the heck? Yeah, and me. All right, so we're oh all the weird side of the podcast today. Yeah, Thank you. It's good I, to get some recognition around here. Yeah. I mean, okay, I guess I guess I'm the retro one. I mean, I'm a 23-year-old of back pains. That makes me a boomer, right? Uh, what does that make me at 26 with back pain? Ancient. Okay. I'm the GI Gen of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... Anyways, we're here we're, to, to talk about waifu wear. Yes, we are here to talk about waifu wear. But before we go into waifu wear, we 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 were only a couple minutes into the last recording before we realized uh, audacity was being problematic. Poop slinger on PS4. No, no, we're not talking about poop slinger on PS4 and why it costs thirteen thousand dollars with the original f fucking bubble mailer. <laughs> Hey, that's but, but that's Tarth, with you brought this game that's up. That's with bubble mailer. Oh. That's not just for the bubble mailer. The bubble mailer is four hundred dollars. If you want the just package. yeah, the bubble mailer <laughs> is four hundred and twenty USD. It's the most expensive thing USPS ever made. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. So, so, but 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 without going into poop slinger, before we we shift to something that, I mean, I, I'm sure that there are people who. How do I keep this somewhat PG-13? We've already gotten our one F-bomb. Uh, people like all sorts of things. Can confirm, Poop Slinger is a very real video game that actually got a limited physical release, yes? Hey, Jamie, remember how we were talking about how there's a very prominent video game publisher who's courting us right now? Yes. <laughs> yes, we Hi. were. Hi, publisher. Uh, I'm Jazzy. Good to, good to, good to talk to you. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry that I said a no-no word. I'm going to go back retroactively and throw a sonic coin over that. Sorry <laughs> that we're talking about a game about poop. <laughs> Let's do the show. Let's do the show. <laughs> Let's do the I mean, fucking show. So, yes, before I potentially... I mean, I don't know. They've been chill. But before I, I potentially get kicked out of the Ubisoft Canada Guild... Oh, we can say that now? Oh, yeah. No, we can, we've been able to say that since mid-April. Hi Ubisoft, we love you. Hi. Yes, Hi. I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying the. I've been enjoying the PS5 copy of Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Y'all sent me. It's really good. I'm not being paid to say that, and I am looking forward to my T-shirt that's coming in the mail too. Ooh. Ooh. But I'm going to start the t timer because Tarks. Give very quickly, give an overview of your YouTube channel for the audience at home. Uh, my YouTube channel is mostly just focused on like really niche, really weird things. Things that you might not see get covered all that much. We mentioned waifuware, not quite an ongoing series right now. Like I'll, I'll do one here or there if I find an interesting game. But those are like the cheap dollar games on Steam that you suit well, a lot of sexualized content. We just take a look at an honest look at them. Uh, most of them aren't very good. Otherwise, mostly things like JRPGs or just weird games that fly under the radar. Uh, I started a game recently literally called Dead or School, which with a, huh. with a title like that, huh. like, 
you know you're in for something. How could you not? How could you not? It is. Yeah. I, I've, I'm very early on. It's uh, it's about as poorly made as I thought it would be. Uh, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of digging it. I'm kind of digging how poorly made it is. But I don't, that's that's basically just what I do. Well, kind of high end reviews of uh, of more weird things, I guess. So something like Senran Kagura Peach Peach Splash wouldn't be waifu wear because it's like a triple A, quote 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 triple A game and has a it's professionally developed. But something like a RPG maker game with a very very specific focus would be waifu wear. Yeah, more or less. Uh, when it comes to waifu wear, I kind of describe it. Uh, with two basic terms, obviously you have your waifus, so that's that's part of the visual aesthetic of the game more than anything, or the selling point of the game, what they use to get the game out there, and then the uh, wear part from shovelware, so games that are literally just usually oh. cobbled together or sold like shovelware. Uh, they're not all shovelware. Some of those games are alright. Uh, games like Mirror, which is it's just a match three game, but like it's actually pretty high quality. It got a it got a switch release last year as well, if I recall correct. They had to cut some content out, but it did get a switch release. Cool. So yeah, shovelware, shovelware with waifus. That's about how I wrap it up. Love now, it. I guess, you know, expanding slightly from the initial waifuware topic, did this interest for your channel come from were you interested in shovelware in general beforehand? Like how did that come across? I've always had like a, a interest in just things that are different and like well a lot of shovelware is kind of a garbage tier stuff that you've played a billion times before but done worse uh a lot of it too mm -hmm. is just unique ideas that people don't have the money or knowledge to figure out how to properly build so i i kind of i like looking into these budget games for those things more than anything and then of mm -hmm. course the wife who wears slant because i mean who who doesn't love some good anime? Waifu wear slant mostly because it fit a lot of what my channel was doing at the time. There was a lot of fan service games on the channel, and like I was mm -hmm. I was definitely building a lot of an audience with that. But uh, one of the big things I was having problems with on my channel uh, was growth. Not even just because well, I'm covering weird content, but because my upload schedule was few and far between. So waifu wear uh, gave me this whole new world of of uh focused small games that i could just make a video on and release one every week or two in between the main videos hmm so it was oh uh, that's actually really it cool. was a way to create like a themed sort of show that i could just pop off oh that nice. absolutely nice. makes sense and you mentioned some of them have gone switch ports uh has that become more common with these types of games or would you say most most of them are still mostly just on steam Steam absolutely has the lion's share of them. Uh, no doubt anybody who's been on Steam for 10 minutes has seen at least 100 of these games. Um, oh, yeah. Some of them some of mm -hmm. them have got Switch ports. Some of them have, like, mobile ports and stuff, too. Uh, some of them absolutely could never be on console. Uh, but if they are going to be on any console, it will be Switch, because Switch is the only thing that's not exactly um, drawing a hard line against... Uh, weird sort of sexualized content. Which is weird, considering it's, you know, Nintendo. And then there's literally a game called BDSM on the Switch store. Yeah. Wait, is there really? N yeah. Nintendo has... It's an acronym. Um, Nintendo has kind of pivoted 
since the Wii U, thankfully. Because during the Wii U, yeah. um, anybody who has owned one probably remembers there was a lot of censorship controversy. Games like oh, yeah. games like Tokyo Mirage Sessions especially was like um, hacked up quite a bit. And that might make it sound more intense than it really was, but people were not happy. Uh, Nintendo's not doing that anymore. Uh, on the flip side, uh, Sony is. Sony. And Microsoft is now to a certain extent as well. We had uh, Galgun. The latest Galgun game was set to release on Xbox and Steam. And I believe maybe Nintendo Switch as well. I can't quite remember. Uh, it was kind of a, a landmark moment because Galgun is returning to Xbox where it started. Uh, and it was hilarious to everybody that it's not coming to Sony because their practices won't allow it anymore. But mm. like at the last moment, um, I think Xbox canceled their version as well. And even back in the day, Damn. even back in the day, oh, most people God. never really paid attention to it. But Xbox did demand censorship on the original Galgun as well. So I, I don't know. It's it's all a mess. But Nintendo is like the one company that's not really doing it right now. Which is such an interesting, you know, switch of, you know, for lack of a better term, switch of fortunes. You know, yeah, I'm looking at the page. Wow. Xbox One canceled at the last minute. Yeah. That's rough, too, because, you know, the the localization teams that bring these over, they don't make that much money. Um, not at these all. Are, these are niche games. They're not going to sell that many copies. Sometimes these niche games also have, like, massive word counts. So, like, people who are localizing 40-hour visual novels, for example, that is a lot of work. That is a lot of translation. That takes time. And then when they release the game, they have to price it at like $60 at least if they want to even think about making a profit. Break even. Yeah. And then people see that $60 and they're like, I'm not going to pay that for a visual novel. But like, that's where we're at. That's just what that's just, what you know, it, it needs to be right now. That's so true. And as someone going through the visual novel development process right now, I cannot. I, I am on like chapter two, like day two of of what we want to call chapter one whatever and the word count is already astronomical and i am like staying up at night thinking about like what do i do if i translate this how am i going to sell this if it's more than like 10 bucks and it's wild yeah well and and, and the thing as well is people are like oh it's like but visual novels are so simple i'm like yes they're simple but there's you know they're not just visual mini games. They're literal visual novels. Novels. Yeah. I think I touched on this a, a long while back when I did a podcast with Sarah Lean, who uh, has done uh, a lot of translation work with Xseed and just the time and dedication it takes to do this. Let's be honest. Often very thankless job is, you know, it's incredible. Yeah. X. Emphasis you know, on thankless. Xseed has a, mm -hmm. a history that, like, they know what they're talking about when it comes to this because they published the first, they published all three Trails in the Sky games for basically no profit. And then they done uh, Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2, which I think have average word counts of about 300,000. So mm -hmm. they are, they're some of the biggest scripts in gaming. And Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 at the time released only on PlayStation Vita. So they, they done all that translation work for one of the smallest audiences out there. 
if I remember as well, you know, I first really got familiar with the work by uh, playing East Memories of Celsetta, right? Mm-hmm. Which was a fan, a fantastic game, a really, really fantastic RPG. And it didn't, didn't it not get a PS4 Steam port until like last year? Yeah, Celsetta came out last year. I think it was like an HD re-release. I have it on Vita, but I've never played further than the first five hours. I think I, I just wasn't in the right mindset to be playing it at the time. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be when I first started it up, so I kind of just dropped it, moved on to something else. No, I feel on that, especially because like, East is a, a weird series to look at because depending on like what, like, I, I feel like it kind of completely changes its gameplay style every few years. They, yeah, they're incremental changes that really add up. Uh, the Wise series, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but like, it used to be uh, a lot of bump combat as it was known. So like, think more like uh, Link to the Past when you can like just hold out your sword and bump into the enemies. It, it was a lot more like that back in the day. Yeah, except for East 3, which was like, Side view. Oh, I'm going to say something that's going to get me hate. Imagine if Zelda 2 was good. Hey, well, what are you stopping? Zelda, <laughs> I lo look, I am a defender of Zelda 2, okay? I enjoy Zelda 2. It's too. so good. Like, I mean, it's it's tough and it's it's cryptic, but it's, I don't know, I like it. I also have a lot of nostalgia so here's for some, it, though. Here's some show lore for you. Uh, and also some stuff we play production house lore. Um... <laughs> Jamie lost a bet sometime last year, and in losing the bet, I made her play Zelda 2 on stream, and the whole time was her going, Jesus Christ, damn it, <laughs> shit, the whole time, and it was so good. That's, that is the experience, though, isn't it? <laughs> it, is. it really is. It absolutely is. See, I, I, and I remember at one point, like, I'd gotten so far, and I died, and I had to go all the way back to, like, that, that beginning fortress where we started off. And if you remember, it kind of broke me for like five it minutes. It did. It did. It's, it's a pain, though. It, it did. Is, it is such a pain, though. Like, when you make it somewhere like the palace in the swamp or something, walking through the swamp is a nightmare. It is so slow and cumbersome. Then you die, like, way deep in that palace and have to start at the very beginning again. Retrek your whole path. It, it's a pain. The game is a pain, but I, I, I like it. <laughs> it's so I mean, good. And that's the thing about games, like... You know, people are allowed to like things I don't like. Uh, and also, shout out to my YouTube comment section. I just released a new video of, on Sonic Forces. And I said, you know, it's not a great game, but I like a lot of what this, this game has idea-wise. I like the soundtrack, and it's very pretty on PS4 especially. And I, I do have, I've, for the first time I've ever, in a Sonic video, I've gotten so many comments that are basically just... You know, I really disagree with your verdict, but, you know, I, I really like how this presented and I can see where you're coming from. YouTube was civil? Good YouTube job, YouTube. Uh, I'm, I'm so proud. I'm really hoping that my near replicant review goes the same way, because that game is uh, tedious as hell for, like, the back half of it. And, like, I like the game, but having to explain that tedium might think might make people think that I'm actually, like, really negative towards it. So I hope to God they just listen you know when you put a video out there you yeah. really just want people to listen and understand well exactly because i especially because i feel like sorry we're i'll, I'll, I'll get us back on to wife wear in just a sec but like i feel like so often when you do a video you know there's this 
trend of people where it's like they watch the first five minutes and it's like and then they go and comment like well why didn't you mention xyz and it's like i did it's at this timestamp later in the video oh yeah I, I got a comment recently that said uh hey a review isn't supposed to just be recounting story events and i, I look at like this was a review for trails uh trails in the sky chapter one he's like you're supposed to talk mm -hmm. about gameplay mechanics and combat so i i opened the video <laughs> i opened the video and uh for one, you want to talk about the story a bit in a JRPG. It's why people talk, uh, why people play the uh, games. But I, I clicked right. through the video a little bit. Combat starts three and a half minutes into the video. The guy didn't have the patience to wait until then. He couldn't, didn't even have the patience to click through and see where the combat started. Within three minutes, he already had his comment typed out and posted and left the video. So people, yeah. That is some serious popcorn brain. Yeah. Mm. It's what it is. Whatever. Well, it's YouTube. We know what we sign up for. Yes. But before the timer runs out, back on Wifeware, yes. I have to know, what is the weirdest slash worst, or maybe even both, you know, both of those at once, Wifeware game you have ever played? The worst uh, is hands down a game called Stripper Anya. I think it was called Stripper Anya Demon Slayer or something. <laughs> it is what a name. It is what a name. Absolutely atrocious. Like in almost every single regard, the game just utterly fails. The visuals are are literally like vomit textures most of the time. The characters are so <laughs> sexualized that it's uh, uncomfortable to look at. They don't look right at all. It looks so weird. Um, the no. few cutscenes where there's like dialogue, you can hardly understand what they're saying because it's recorded like crap. Uh, it's oh, the no. game is kind of no, no. the game kind of plays like Mortal Kombat uh, Sub Zero for for oh. kind of plays like that, but Yikes. worse. But it plays worse. Uh, over the course of my playthrough, I found out that if you just hold the block button and mash your directions, you can bring the frame rate down to a, a single digit per minute. It's oh my God. It is not optimized at all. Uh, I don't know. The games, it's, that is far and wide the most unpleasant playthrough I had on that channel or on that series. I got to ask. Got to mm -hmm. ask, what engine is it running on? Uh, crap engine, poop slinger engine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sorry I interrupted. I'm I love that. <laughs> Because the timer just hit zero, and where we came full circle to Poop Slinger. Yeah, it's running. It's, no, we did it's it. It's running on the Poop Slinger 420 engine. <laughs> God damn it, Jamie! God, I can't. I can't. Let's wrap the show up. Let's please wrap the show up. I don't want to talk about Poop Slinger anymore. Turks, oh thank you so much for coming on the show and and enlightening me on on waifu wear and rpgs and poop slinger where no. can people find you uh, you can find me uh tark's gauntlet on youtube tark's gauntlet on twitter uh, like i have a discord i guess i have a facebook page but i'm sorry if i'm never around there it's facebook oh it's facebook i was gonna say huh and of course speedrun is made possible in part by Podbean. If you would like to start a podcast of your own, or if you have a podcast that you're already running but would like to switch it to some nice paid hosting, then check out Podbean. It's who we use and we swear by them. So, uh, you no, know, maybe uh, help us out a bit by going to to uh, 
was at podbean.com slash speedrun or using the code speedrun at checkout. There we go. I got it. I actually had to check my notes for a sec. Listen here, kids. Come up here on Mama Jazzy's lap. I'm going to tell you a story. Podbean is the shit, if I do say so myself. Don't say that word around your father. He'll slap the cowboy shit out of you. But Podbean, <laughs> if you want to talk about video games or anything else on the internet, there's really only one option to go with, and that's Podbean, baby. Uh, for 14 bucks a month, you can get their unlimited play and put as much audio as you want onto their platform. You can put up your own custom URL. You can customize your own webpage. You can see statistics from all around the world. What? And push your show onto multiple platforms and even your own custom RSS feed. If you don't want any of that, they also got a free option if you want to check it out. So uh, listen here. Mama likes money. So why don't you throw us a bone <laughs> here and start a podcast? You know what I mean? Podbean. That's yeah. my plug. Oh, speaking of stuff, you have another thing you need to plug as well because you actually edit all these episodes. I am part of the Cleveland Audio Mixology Producers House, and that is a group of producers that all work together on projects. You can find us at clevelandaudiomixology.com. We do podcasts, we do bands, we do all sorts of projects. I'm like the primary podcast gal, as it were. So if you do start up a show on Podbean, what you should, uh, you need editing, what you do, you can come to me, baby. All right, no more plugging ourselves. Let's wrap it yeah. up. <laughs> yes. So on that note, thank you to all our Patreon patrons and such who make this possible. I've been Jamie. I've been Jazzy. And joining us has been Tarks. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for listening. Stay classy and I'll see you next time. Bye.